Hi, I'm Manola Sakaida, and this is episode four of Art and Conversation. Azura Tayabji is Seattle's fourth youth poet laureate in history. Just as it is in many other cities in the country, the position of poet laureate is pretty new in Seattle. The first time we named one here was only in 2015. As for Azura, she's 18, a lifelong Seattle resident with a knack for spoken word, and a very recent graduate from a local alternative high school called Nova. Her poetry investigates issues of identity, of contrast, two themes that pop up a lot in Seattle's issues and one she's seen in her own life. She began her time as the city's Youth Poet Laureate in 2018 and, like the Youth Poet Laureates before her, is working on a book of poetry that she'll publish sometime this year. For this episode, I chatted with her about getting her start at Nova, finding her voice, and how spoken word exists in the greater landscape of Seattle poetry. One of the first times I wrote spoken word poetry was in a class that Nova taught um, my freshman year of high school, spring semester, and it was called Naked Truth. Um, Hmm. And its full title is The Naked Truth on Stereotypes, and it's this social justice-centered spoken word curriculum that uses like the power of poetry and speaking poetry like with your whole body and your whole identity um, to really analyze and call out stereotypes put on you. And I had to be convinced to take that class as a freshman. <laughs> um, I think my mom actually was the person who kind of introduced me to spoken hmm. word before that. She dragged me to a Youth Speak Slam one time, and it was really intense. Um, I remember some girl, like, screaming a poem, and I was like, whoa, and then my mom was like, you should do that. And I'm like, there's no way that's <laughs> ever going to happen. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's really intense. You have to yeah. not just, you know, obviously write a poem, but, like, find a way to, like, powerfully perform it as well. Exactly. Yeah. And that's one thing that um, was really emphasized in Naked Truth, I think. Um, you can't just write a poem and then keep it to yourself. There's the sharing part of it that's as necessary. And Naked Truth, it culminated in this showcase for the entire school. And I think that's part of the reason why a lot of students drop the class. Oh my god, really? Is because <laughs> you're asked to perform a poem intimately about one of your identities or multiple of your identities in front of the entire student body and so I think like what made me stick with it is that um there was something about poetry that captured my angst that essays couldn't because <laughs> I, I always loved writing but poetry it just it felt so freeing I didn't have to cite my sources with poetry <laughs> as much Um, And it felt like I was tapping into an emotional need that I couldn't. I ended up writing a poem and performing a poem um, that was super angsty about mixed (laughs) identity. (laughs) About, like, being black and being brown um, simultaneously. And I bet I could dig it up somewhere. Um, And it was was well-received, and it felt really challenging and really like like I'm breaking into something entirely new and that I've like unlocked a new powerful version of myself that I want to continue but school ended (laughs) yeah and I was suddenly 
Hmm. Like, losing my footing for a minute over, like, where I, I f- could find a chance to do this again and continue. And that's where I found Youth Speaks Seattle, and that's, like, a whole other story. Um, yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> and, and just out of curiosity, you said you've always been into writing. Mm-hmm. Um, was, so prior to, to spoken word, were you like making written poetry uh yeah I was a little bit um if I could start way back yeah I can't remember writing poems as a young child but I remember writing stories um in little books (laughs) and then in middle school like papers um, stapled together yeah exactly like my own little chat books (laughs) I can't believe it um and then in middle school I think I learned poetry um, in a traditional written way. Um, All I remember is Charles Bukowski. (laughs) I couldn't name one of his poems, but he was a a big guy that my teacher loved. Hmm. Um, I think I learned like a Maya Angelou poem, Mm. um, just classics that are written. And uh, I remember spending time like analyzing them and poetry being an elective. Um, and I think, mm, seventh grade, I wrote, like, my first original poem to read, um, to my class Hmm. on autumn and how leaves fall. (laughs) And then in eighth grade, I don't know what snapped, but I wrote a poem about my grandfather who, um served in World War II and then lived in Japan um, after the bomb was dropped. Um, I don't know how I came to that. I wish I could I could have some explanation for that poem. Um, but that must have been a turning point to where I decided that I wasn't just satisfied with writing about leaves falling in autumn and that um, I could use poetry as a way to capture my history and my identity. Um, and then ninth grade, so like eighth grade, ninth grade, I think was the catalyst yeah. era. Yeah. I mean, that's <laughs> been like a time period of your life when you're really like kind of finding yourself or like anchoring yourself in something. Mm-hmm. And I think, I don't know, a lot of people that write or produce art at that age are just like suddenly like full of things, you know, exactly. they want to say for the first time. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that was a time also where. Um, I was getting my first taste of, like, independence. Mm. Um, I fought my parents to let me go to <laughs> Nova, which is a school that gives you a lot of independence. Yeah. What were they... A learner. What were their reactions, I guess, to um, Nova in the first place? I think they were... Um, my dad. I love my dad. Um, he was worried um, because it just wasn't a traditional school. And um, I think for good reason I think that made my parents a little nervous Mm. because you know like kids when they're given suddenly amount of a good amount of freedom that they hadn't been given before like it can you know like be misused which is sure like not on them like I'm not gonna blame like 14 year olds for like (laughs) yeah skipping class or other (laughs) things but um I guess I I needed to prove that I was self-directed enough Mm -hmm. um, to thrive at NOVA. 
Um, how did you, I was, yeah, I was just wondering, how did you first find out about the Youth Poet Laureate um, position? Was it something that someone told you about, or did you just mm-hmm. kind of stumble across it, or was it something you've been, like, I don't know, wanting to apply Ooh. for for a while? I think my first um, interaction with, with the Youth Poet Laureate, um, let's see, I, in, in 2017, hmm. um, I was working for this organization, um, this anti-racist um, collective called Seattle Young People's Project, hmm. and um, we were just doing a ton of outreach, and I met this amazing writer named Le Jafar, uh, who's the first Youth Poet Laureate of Seattle, and when I found that out, I was like, oh my god, you're famous. <laughs> um, and she's so sweet. Shout out to Lisa. <laughs> um, and I went, um, let me, okay. Yeah, no worries. Yeah. Um, I went to Lasia's book release at Seattle Central College where I was doing Running Start. Mm. Um, was that last year? Or the year before, I mean? Two years ago? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I keep forgetting it's not 2018. <laughs> I know, crazy. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I went to her book release, and I think meeting her, like, through Seattle Young People's Project, and then going to her book release, um, those were two times where I, I got to, like, be in the presence of this really radiant, beautiful person, um, and I saw that she had a book, and I'm like, (laughs) I mean, they let young people do that? (laughs) (laughs) They let young people write books? (laughs) Oh my god. Um, cause I, th- I think like, I was writing little books as a little kid and kind of, as I said yeah. before, um, but I guess I, I could never visualize putting my poetry in a book because it was meant to be spoken. Like I wrote to hmm. speak my poetry. So finding out that there was a youth poet laureate and that their like poetry is published in a respected book that people read <laughs> was really eye-opening for me and Leisha had this presence that to my 16 17 year old self was unforgettable in the way that she looked so secure and so confident reading mm-hmm. from her book in front of people and like bringing folks who I think wouldn't otherwise go to a poetry slam to listen to her poetry and Mm -hmm. to read it and also like her poetry is can I I don't want to (laughs) swear I was gonna say like her poetry (laughs) is real as fuck like (laughs) yeah she is honest about racism and Mm anti-blackness and police brutality in a way that was so responsive to the times that we're in and I'd always thought that written poetry was Charles Bukowski (laughs) (laughs) and autumn leaves in the fall. (laughs) Um, I thought written poetry was reserved for respect, like respectable Mm -hmm. in quotes, um, poets who didn't alienate older white audiences, especially Mm -hmm. because I think before Leja's book and a handful of other books um by people of color like I 
didn't read poetry. <laughs> I mm-hmm. I didn't start reading poetry mm-hmm. until maybe like three years ago. That, I mean, that's so, the poetry they show you when you're like a kid, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So that totally makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I have Dr. Seuss and who? <laughs> Shel Silverstein. Yeah. Yeah. Shel Silverstein was my favorite poet for years. <laughs> Is one of my favorite poets. Yeah. Bless his heart. <laughs> um. So I think that's a, a moment at, yeah, at Leisha's book release where I'm like, oh, this could be a future that I could have. I'm never going to have it, but it would be really cool if I did. And I'm here. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. now I'm here, which is wild. <laughs> yeah. So, because the like literary world is hmm. very intimidating, honestly, as like a spoken word poet um even in the way that um in kind of this culture of writing I feel like there's a divide um between like oh you're a spoken word poet or you're a poet um so like spoken word or slam is always like a disclaimer to the poet part sure yeah so the way I came through poetry was through spoken word and I had some internalized stuff going on where I'm like, oh, like, spoken word isn't as serious as written word and actual poetry, so I don't really, like, belong in this world. Um, Like, I'm not going to be respected or I'm not worthy Hmm. of this world. Um, So, yeah, I think I I felt some imposter syndrome. But um, I think one... No, I know. Uh, <laughs> one way that um, the position for Youth Poet Laureate is um, determined and judged is off of uh, how much you value and practice civic engagement. Um, and I don't, I've never like organized with like government or that, but I have um, done like student organizing and just organizing that felt necessary to my identities um and I think that's that helped me get this position I guess um because my poetry and my organizing are linked intrinsically Poet laureates have existed for centuries, but youth poet laureates are pretty new. Azura talked to me about why it's important to give young poets their own position, and about her book in progress, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, yeah, why do, you, why do you personally think that it's mm. an important role to have, mm. specifically for young people? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's important because... It shows that if you're a young person doing poetry, you're respected. Like, kind of as I said before, like when I went to Leja's book release, it clicked in me that there's actually a place in this culture that continually devalues young people's artistry, that there's a place to value them. And I think there's a stereotype about teenagers who write poetry <laughs> and there's like belittle it, belittlement of us definitely um like I went <laughs> yeah. to a reading 
that I was invited to do um, recently because of this title that I have. And I was talking with this guy who's very well-intentioned, cool dude, and we (laughs) talked. But he was like, yeah, I used to go to this open mic a few years ago, but I stopped going because these teenagers would come and they'd just be like, oh, man, fuck the world, like, hate my parents. And it would be so emotional, and I just got so annoyed, so I had to leave. And then I paused, and I was like, what's wrong with that, though? (laughs) Because... Like, a big reason why I I got into poetry and stayed was because of the community and, like, to see the power of young people to actually be in a safe space to share their real experiences because that young person that you probably dismissed and invalidated in this space, like, unintentionally but still so, like... Mm-hmm they don't feel safe in their house. Like, they probably don't feel safe anywhere else. And I think, like, for young people who want to be artists, it's always said that we have to have an alternate career or a hobby that is more profitable in some way. And poetry isn't really seen as that. Um, It's not seen as, like, as serious or entertaining as music. Um definitely not as profitable as like stem um (laughs) yeah yeah. (laughs) but not like not to like shit all those things at all no no but like poetry i mean they're usually like set on two sides of like the table you know and how people talk about them yeah like there should be intersections like that's Mm -hmm. a whole nother thing (laughs) but like i think having a youth poet laureate is so important because it inspires people to see poetry as valuable and as um like a position to like inspire young people to be authentic and show that mm, oh I just I blanked for why I was on a roll (laughs) I was I'm so passionate about this oh my god um but yeah 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 taking (laughs) young people I have young people seriously in their poetry exactly. being a big part of it yeah 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 that and makes sense that's one thing that I've wanted um to put in into my poetry now that I have this title is I need my poetry and my presence to be unapologetically young mm. because I think part of this um title and part of being like a professional poet in quotes in a way is um I've often felt like these uh literary spaces I have to go into I um have this internalized idea that I have to act older than I am and I have to be professional and I can Mm -hmm. never say like and I have to always know what I'm talking about and so I think more so how that shows up in my poetry is that um I'm going to start writing about social media and Mm. about teenage angst and teenage relationships and all of the facets of adolescence that adults like to shame, and I'm going to Mm. celebrate it, and I'm going to have fun with it. Well, and being a youth poet laureate, what are your, do you have any duties you have to fill or any, like, specific roles? Um, specific roles. Yeah, I don't I know think, if there's, like, a requirement that you have oh, to, like, have think, so many things um, come out. 
the biggest requirement is publishing a book <laughs> um, through Poetry Northwest that mm. comes out in May. Um, I have two, no, I have three people who really um, help me and are there to guide me through that process. Um, yeah, that's Matt, huge. Aaron, Alicia, <laughs> yeah, and. Um, Do you know what yeah. your your books? Uh, gonna be called yet? What the title is gonna be? No, <laughs> you have no, months. You know? I, I have a while. Yeah, I, I've been trying to think about it though. For some reason, the word steep keeps coming back mm-hmm. to me because I love words with multiple meanings, like revolution. Yeah, like an uprising, and then also like a revolution around the sun, like returning to something. That's really cool. And mm-hmm. the word steep for me, it feels. Like, I'm steeping in something. Mm-hmm. Like, because poetry for me kind of feels like I'm meditating on a concept. And then steep also being, like, a severe, like, decline or, like, incline or something. And that's kind of what growing up feels like. <laughs> so maybe yeah. steep will be in the title. Maybe steep will be um, a section. One thing that I like to do in my <laughs> is um yeah like I, I want my poetry to be a roadmap to the future and in this position um youth poet laureate of seattle it's like <laughs> i want to capture my city too and that's something i've noticed in your work just i mean for obvious reasons being mm-hmm. the youth poet laureate of seattle but also just um the fact that you grew up here, um, I'm mm-hmm. sure, influences the fact that a lot of your poetry settles into like a lot of Seattle's issues. Like you're mentioning mm-hmm. the youth, the youth jail, um, mm-hmm. and and other things as well. But yeah, um, so yeah, where did you grow up in Seattle? I guess first of mm-hmm. all, many different places. I actually had my first years here in South Lake Union. <laughs> oh man, yeah, um, I lived in a little house um which is now an apartment complex Hmm. um my parents split when I was five um and then they each individually lived like everywhere (laughs) so (laughs) when I was with my dad we were living like in a basement in Ravenna Mm. um and then with my mom we were living in another apartment in South Lake Union and then they each moved again so I lived um in Fremont with my dad and then I lived in Beacon Hill with my mom and then I lived in Ballard with my dad and then I lived in like Skyway with my mom wow um, so you like toured like all the neighborhoods <laughs> everywhere. in Seattle yeah 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 um I think like I might have no I didn't I never lived in the central district but my mom really wanted a place there for a while hmm. um so yeah I think I, I've Every week for me is a tour of North and South Seattle because I go in between my parents' houses every week. Hmm. And so every day on my lovely commute on the bus, um, I can see in real time like how the city is changing. Um, there's so many cranes and like just it's a it's a strange experience because even though I've lived here my whole life, I feel like sometimes I'll look at a building or look at like a historic restaurant and I'll be like, oh yeah, that's totally going to be there. And then 
I go to school and I come back and it feels like it's gone. <laughs> it's like you, you turn your head for a second and then a landmark has disappeared. And um, that's a really displacing feeling um, and one that is definitely scary. And I can see um, like my friends being displaced and you know, like my mom considering um, not even considering, like, straight up saying, like, I'm retiring outside of here, <laughs> like, I'm gonna go, um, just because the cost of living has become so high, and, mm. um, at the same time, I think, you know, this wave of gentrification happening in Seattle, like, can also bring, um, some new, um, well, yeah, I think, like, this wave of gentrification, I think it'll really resurface what Seattle's priorities are, and that's something that I'm always questioning my city and thinking about, is what place does artistry have here? Mm -hmm. um, because people making, like, the best art, not the best, but <laughs> uh, personally, <laughs> like, can't really afford to live here anymore. Mm -hmm. And one quote that I continually revisit is something that the OG James Baldwin said. He <laughs> said, um, an artist's war with his country is a lover's war. And that's the war that I have with Seattle in my poetry. It's like, I, I love you and you've given me so much. And also, I don't want you to leave me and my friends behind. Before she left, Azura recited a recent poem she's composed, one that was inspired by her mother's artwork. Yeah, so I picked a poem um, that I'm going to read <laughs> <laughs> um, based off of a collage that my mom did. Is your mom an artist, by the way? Yeah, she is. Cool. She is conflicted <laughs> about calling herself an artist, but I call her an artist. Um, I think she likes being called an artist, but is too humble to say it. But mm -hmm. uh, my artist mother um, did a collage <laughs> um, where she cut out photos of black folks from magazines and then put them over background photos of cities. So they looked like giants and they were just like playing and like having fun, like the size of buildings. And I thought, oh my gosh, what if, like, all the black folks in the gentrified areas of Seattle became giants? Like, what if we just grew, like, really, really, really big? <laughs> what would happen? <laughs> so this poem is um, an image of that. From the sandboxes of construction sites, kids scoop stolen heirlooms from quicksand, suck the cement from mixers and blow it like gum pop there's a new hood we carve and track our eager heights into the tallest pines we use skyscrapers as full-length mirrors and twirl in our mama's loudest heels we snatch the air of helicopters like mosquitoes and hot potato bulldozers in the schoolyard we double dutch power lines to keep our lights on to keep this city's heart perpetually skipping a beat to catch up to our gargantuan glow up we sit on the porches of ports swing our feet and there's the tide tell a yo mama joke and there's a creation myth there's angels in the concrete 
They wave their limbs in extravagant half-moons. Every street is in their image. Every street is named after them, and everybody got the great suffixed to their name now. For all we have survived, for all the Lilliputian evil we have triumphed above and kept growing. When one of us cries, no one can ignore it because there's the rain. When one of us dies, it takes all the white guns and chalk to draw them to the pavement so by the time they're done, they don't have enough to kill another one of us so we make chess pieces from their, your monuments. We get extra loud in grocery stores. We call the sun Big Head and roast it every night, only for it to playfully embrace us every morning. We have big, big mamas and colossal homies, and there's enough for all of us. There's enough for all of us. There's enough for all of us. You think there wouldn't be, but there is. Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of Art and Conversation. If you're looking for more about Azura or seeking past episodes, take a look at the Fields website at fieldsmagazine.com. From Seattle, have a good night and see you next episode.